Are you the type of person that enjoys self-reflection, personal growth, and having purposeful conversations with like-minded people? If you are, then you are going to love the new official What Fulfills You card game, which is available for pre-order on the website at whatfulfillsyou.com. This is the perfect conversation starter, icebreaker game to play with friends on a night in with a few glasses of wine, big family dinners, a potential romantic partner, work retreats, and of course, much more. Oh, and I think this would definitely be a fun game for upcoming Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving events. Enjoy 10% off with the code for podcast listeners only, what fulfills you 10 at checkout. That's what fulfills you 10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. So today I'm going to be diving into the whole scope of how a breakup and mental downfall led to the recent launch of the What Fulfills You card game, but also to be honest, truly just the What Fulfills You podcast and why I got into podcasting considering how it impacted me. And I know I have shared over various episodes over time how a difficult part of my life really changed me. And so I know for those of you who have listened and followed along for a while now, that might sound redundant, but actually today I will get more into detail and like the true details of exactly what happened, um, you know, how old I was and all of that, which I haven't shared before. So this in itself won't be that redundant because it will be a lot of personal details that I haven't shared before. But before we get into it, I wanted to preface this episode actually, and it's the reason why I want to preface it too is because I know from experience and from everyone responding to Instagram stories on the What Fulfills You Instagram, how you resonate with the personal challenges I go through, especially with not really having emotional support from family and especially for me too as an Asian American and second generation, there's a lot of cultural differences, um, but more importantly, just a lot of misunderstandings, misalignment, and I have been always so surprised to see not only, again, how supportive of this community is, but how many of you have similar stories regardless of a cultural difference or not sometimes it really is just certain moms that have this and of course for those of you who don't have this issue and maybe your mom or parent is more of your best friend because you are maybe more so in this american culture and that's in my opinion how some american parenting is cultivated I think that's amazing you got to be grateful for it and I'm sure many of you are because I do have a few best friends that have that relationship with their parents yet when I have spoken to their parents or their mom specifically they have been always so understanding of my situation as well and actually you know always acknowledging to me not that I am in the right but rather that I truly am on the right path and that I am wise enough to try to be as objective as possible and the fact that I try to prove myself wrong on so many of these instances goes to show that I at the very least have a sense of insight which I think can be a blind spot for many of us um, depending on where you're at mentally but I guess the overall preface is that 
Uh, if my mom is listening to this, she definitely doesn't approve of me actually sharing any of this personal life stuff and um, openness and vulnerability. And the reason is a big part, I think, just in her programming and her psychology of how relationships are built. And I think especially, again, I know I have a lot of global listeners, but in America, and I just think in today's society, we are encouraged more than ever to be open and vulnerable to a point that allows you to develop those deeper connections. And if you really think about it, when we are surface level with people, that's why they are surface level relationships, right? But when you are open with your friends or open with certain people, again, you you have to find that connecting energy to like do it. So it's not like you go and open up to everyone, but the right people that are aligned with your energy will be receptive to it and you will cultivate really amazing friendships out of it in which many of my relationships today, both, you know, whether it's personal or romantic, that's how I've built them is is being open in the right topics and in the right parts of my life that align and connect with them. And so I guess I just want to say thank you to this community for supporting me, for being open with me as well, sharing your stories. I have learned from many of you. And if you have been in my Instagram DMs, then yes, I am talking about you. And I always, always, always try to respond to all of your um, feedback and just your advice from your experience. And I even had someone recently, I think she was like 36 or 38. And she shared her story about when when I was talking about, it's interesting to me that sometimes our own parents or just anyone in general would still be unhappy for you when you are happy on your own terms in that it's interesting intriguing and weird to me that someone would be unhappy that you are happy but you're happy not on their terms you're happy on your own terms and that kind of mind fucks me (laughs) um and i had i think she was 36 or 38 which was surprising to me because i think usually my demographic is a little bit younger but she's a recent mom and she shared her story and she, I think, actually thanked me for um, kind of giving her that opportunity based on my uh, Instagram story. So yeah, I just want to say thank you. And, you know, my goal overall in being open and vulnerable is to help you guys and others who are currently struggling or have similar mental obstacles to overcome. Like my goal as always, is to help and make an impact because without other podcasters and other vulnerable stories from what I have read and listened to back when I was in a big growth period, I would not be where I am today. And I think that's why more of us are being open and honest with who we are on social media as you know I, I think all of us are seeing that today and on all media platforms so yeah that was my quick preface and um, I'm probably getting the head shake right now from whatever parent or anyone that uh, might not really approve or agree with my brutal honesty but I have found that it works and that there's a lot of you guys that actually appreciate it and so with that being said I'm just gonna go into the first portion of this story which is the breakup so this breakup happened when I was 20 years old and at this time I was dating my partner at the time my boyfriend at the time 
for about a year and like seven months, eight months, so almost two years. And we were actually living together at the time and we also did have a dog together. And yes, this was the end of my sophomore year of college when we broke up. Um, But to also add context to the story, we actually got back together later on and then it officially ended um, over two years ago now, right after I graduated college. And at the time it happened, it was for me a positive closure, um, not just because I ended it, but because it came from, I think, this idea of, you know, growth and abundance of love and wanting for him and myself to be able to really live our full potential in the right alignment, and that includes the right people. Um, So anyways, though, on top of this breakup and you know us living together and you know the lease coming to an end that was a that was a fortunate part in the timeline but i was transitioning and transferring to a new university so i really had no friends yet at the time um especially a mistake i made in my early part of the relationship which i do think many of us do at some point in life so you got to give yourself grace for it but I put a lot of emphasis in my friendship with my boyfriend and put a lot of weight there. Like I didn't have as much friends and even the close friends I did have at the time, funny enough, they graduated as well. So I was a sophomore and most of my friends, if not all of them at the time, either graduated or, you know, my boyfriend who also graduated and we broke up, right? Um, So I came into this new school with no friends and I didn't have really a strong emotional support group or group of friends or even a best friend right like someone I would go to today is probably my best friend Avery who if she's listening to this shout out to you Avery I love you so much um and she's someone that I met at Chapman and has been on this podcast twice so I'll link her episodes in the show notes but to dive into the breakup on why it happened and this is where it takes a lot of in my opinion I think courage and self-awareness to you know, to really recognize, like, a lot of it was me. It was not my fault in, like, a am self-blaming in a way, but really just, like, to acknowledge I had a lot of shit to work on, and I'm now looking back really grateful that he, you know, ended things with me at the time because I had a lot of negative traits, even I'd go as far as saying toxic, um, to to begin with. And I think some of those traits I wrote down, I was a reactive person. Um, I think that's a programming I got within someone from my family. Um, I definitely had a lot of jealousy and and inadvertently was insecure in certain parts. Um, And I think all of that led to sometimes me being a liar, um, kind of manipulative, all of that, right? And again, I say that with a sense of pride today because I genuinely know that I have worked on myself so much to stray away from those qualities and if I still did have that um, which I again can probably say I don't um, I have friends today many people in different parts of my life that would tell me Emily I think you need to work on this and I'm often asking my my friends too something I recommend which is like hey you know is there something I do that bothers you or something or a trait that you notice that I do frequently that you believe I could work on and I have developed 
you know, friendships that strong enough that I can ask them that where they don't feel weird or even if they do feel weird at first, which, you know, some of my friends or one of my good friends, Harry, at one point a couple years ago, he felt, you know, taken aback that I asked that, but then he kind of found it interesting and, and found joy in, you know, being able to share feedback. So reflecting on some of those negative traits that I had mentioned, I felt like I grew up around some of that programming I guess you could call it and then adapted it you know by nature and so when I was doing the self-work I recognized I didn't want to become similar to this person that you know really emulated some of those traits and and let me add here too all of us have some of those negative traits right it's just a matter of a how much we let it affect us in both our work our personal life and just out with our internal peace, but also, um, you know, do we recognize that we have it and do we work on it in the aspect of minimizing it, right? So that was what I was trying to do. And if I had to be honest, I think for the most part, those negative traits are very minimal in my life. And I'm lucky because I started working on myself at a really crucial chapter in my life, which is from 18 to even today, right? I'm 24. And that is an age period and time frame where you're in college or you're in university, you are growing, you're transitioning from being a late teenager to young adult to real adult, right? Like I'm 24 now, so I consider myself you know, young adult slash real adult, to be honest. And um, I think if you are within this age demographic and you feel like there are some traits and some parts of who you are that you need to work on, I think now is such a perfect time, especially as well if you are physically distant and maybe emotionally distant from some of the habits or environments that you grew up in that may attribute to some of what you don't like today. So for example, when I was in California, I was 3000 miles away from Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up. And so I was fortunate to be away from it physically and could have an easier opportunity to build on myself in such a brand new environment and then really cultivate who I wanted Emily to be. So back to the whole reason why the breakup happened it's really because I wasn't treating my partner the way he wanted to be treated but also in the way that I would want to treat a partner and a big part of it is because I had a lot of shit to work on basically and before I move on to the next part in what I did to work on myself and analyzing myself I will say that I do think we all go through this phase of life at some point and for me it just happened to hit a lot earlier. From observations, I think more people might face this life crisis or self-work crisis at maybe like a mid-20s time frame, you know, like after you graduate college, two years out, you're like, all right, I'm really working full-time now, I don't go to school anymore, I don't go to frat parties anymore. And then suddenly you're like, oh shit, you know, I'm 25, what do I do with my life? So um, I think no matter where you are at in life, it's always a really great opportunity to look at those obstacles you're facing mentally, emotionally, and physically. And 
ask yourself how you can grow from it and how you can utilize that time to change and improve and focus on yourself so that a couple years later, which is what I feel like I'm sitting, you know, standing right now today and saying, you know, looking back when I was 20 years old, I'm so grateful that I took that time to read every Friday night after I came home from work and stay in on the weekends. And and seriously, like I spent every weekend of the first fall semester at my new school reading and working and grinding and truly just focusing on myself and focusing on who Emily Elizabeth is, which I am about to get into in the next part. So when it came to analyzing and working on myself, like I said earlier, I forced myself to look within and ask what I wanted to work on and focus on. So in that aspect, some of the questions I asked myself, which is definitely now in part within the card game, but I asked myself, who is Emily Elizabeth Duong? And that was a big question to me because I really felt like I lost my identity after this initial breakup, but it was truly a transformative moment for me in the identity crisis aspect, right? You know, as a teenager and a child growing up, I was a figure skater and tennis player and I was, you know, to be honest, just like really good at those sports and I was always identified as kind of that prodigy in in the sense of as an athlete, right? And so when that chapter ended, I went to college at 18 ready to kind of start a new chapter and maybe a slightly new identity, right? And so I started dating this person uh, only a couple of months into college. Like we pretty much started dating around, like we started seeing each other in November before Thanksgiving, my freshman year. And then we kind of made it official in January shortly after. So, so again, I feel like this is something that a lot of people can get into the habit of doing which is you start to identify with your partner and you start to identify yourself as being part of this person and vice versa and I really didn't get the time to develop who I was prior to this relationship which I'm really grateful now knowing that if I were to get into a new relationship today I feel like I have such a identity under my belt but um, again, I even couldn't answer that question myself back then when I was 20 years old. I really didn't know who I was anymore. I was like, you know, not a competitive figure skater anymore. Um, I was a college student, but I didn't really know what lit me up, you know. I, I didn't really know what was, um, I guess, fulfilling to me in a sense. And then another question that I asked myself was, how does a friend describe you in the first 30 seconds? And this is kind of like a second level question to me because I realized that A, I didn't really know who I was anymore. So what would I want a friend? And I remember at the time I didn't have much friends, but I asked myself, how would I want that friend to describe me in the first 30 seconds? Because that would be their first instinct about me. So I wrote that down and I thought about it a lot. And a lot of it had to do with being thought of as a compassionate, honest person, someone that acted with a lot of integrity, and someone that was just passionate in 
whatever she pursued, right? The kind of the same passion I had for skating and tennis. And so reflecting on that, that's actually what I used kind of as my mission statement or thesis, if you will, in pursuing new friendships along the way of that year. And then, you know, moving forward today was trying to figure out like, okay, how do I become more of that person that I say I want a friend to describe me? And I realized in order to become more of that, not only do I have to practice it myself, but I have to be around people that also practice that as well. Because, you know, that quote, it says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. And another one that I love is birds with the same feathers flock together. So you basically, you become who you surround yourself with. And so that's how I sought out new friends was finding friends that were compassionate, honest, wise, and, um, you know, just really emulated qualities that I wanted. And then on top of that, though, it came back to a values and principles system, which I learned from Ray Dalio. And that was a question I asked myself as a third level, what principles do you live by? And when I think about principles, I think about it being the foundation of who I am and how I make decisions, which again, I learned from Ray Dalio. He, his book is Principles. And I read this, um, I think, early 2018, mid-junior year. And that was a very transformative book for me because I recognize that was a foundation I didn't really have for myself, which is why something like a breakup kind of crumbled me in a way in a good way though but right but it showed me wow you didn't have a foundation in the first place and that was partially why I was always so reactive and I was wishy-washy on decisions and all of that right but then as I developed some of my core values right integrity honesty compassion selflessness um, self-awareness all of those things right that's how I started to kind of rebuild the house of Emily Elizabeth, if I think about it, right? So I started to build the foundation, which was based on my principles, and I made them really strong so that if anything were to happen again in a similar manner, right, where it felt like the house was crumbling down or whatever analogy you want to use, the truth is it wouldn't crumble nearly as bad as that time because I had a foundation that was going to be so sturdy that that part wasn't going to break. I would just have to build upon the foundation again. And so I highly recommend and encourage that as well for those of you who feel like you don't know your own principles or the core values you live by or maybe the core values your friends live by. If you feel uncertain about that, which I don't think many college students really consciously think about, I highly encourage you to think about it because for me, looking back, I think that's a big part of why I was in such a low chapter is because I didn't have anything to come back to, right? And for some of you, maybe you have a family or really strong um, you know, bonds with people that you always come back to. But to be honest, that might be a blind spot because if you think about it, if you don't have those people in your life anymore, you know, God forbid something happens, then you will kind of later be exposed in your life, right? Later on, it might not be now, but could be 10 years down the line where you are exposed in that area because you used to only go back to certain people to build on upon your foundation and you need to be able to build upon 
your internal foundation as well, right? You need the external foundation, but most importantly, also the internal because at the end of the day, it's, it's you, it's your mental, it's your emotional, and um, you, you do come back to yourself. So for me, part of working on myself involved a lot of reading, and I read upon a lot of philosophy, as well as books from leaders that I felt aligned with, or I wanted to become more like, maybe holistically, or maybe just in a certain part. So some of those books that I will mention here, and this might be repetitive, but I will dive into what it specifically did for me. The first one, and I remember this one very vividly, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. It's the bright orange book, bestseller book, it might be redundant, but here are three lessons it helped me in life. The first one being, it helped me stop caring about external noise. So that comes back to the jealousy aspect or the reactive. I used to watch people's Snapchat stories, Instagram stories. I used to look at, I guess, I don't know, who was following who, all of that crap. Again, it's so distant from me because it was so many years ago. But that book made me laugh so much because I was like, why do you care about this? And why is it even important, right? Like, who cares what Susie is doing on Friday night if she's at that frat party that you didn't end up going to? Like, so what? And so I acknowledged to myself that I cared a lot about what other people were doing and the external noise. And that book helped me reduce that caring. And at this point in my life, kind of, for the most part, I don't care. You know, I'm focused on myself and I'm focused on my discipline and my energy. And I think at that time, too, it nudged me to delete Snapchat. And I didn't consistently have it deleted. I would re-download it after two to three months. But I think as of eight months ago, I deleted it completely. (laughs) Um, Another lesson, though, that that book taught me is that who cares what others think of me, truly? I mean, at the end of the day, my opinion of myself matters the most. And that even includes your closest friends and your family, even if they think something of you. A large part of that is really their own projection of themselves, right? Each of us look at life through a certain lens. And I believe that we look at ourselves or we have the ability to look at ourselves in the most clearest lens possible because we know ourselves the best and we can see the next best step forward for ourselves and we just have to trust that instinct and we have to trust the decisions and mistakes we make along the way to guide us through life instead of what others are going to say and what others are going to think of you. And that honestly has been, again, very transformative for me because I used to really care what other people thought of me, um, what other people thought of my relationship, what other people thought of all the small things, right? And you look back always when you're a parent, when you are a 20-some-year-old, you're going to look back at those micro moments when you were a teenager or you were in college and you're like, damn, that shit really didn't matter, you know? So... That's what that's a big lesson that the book taught me. But lastly, it really showed me the reality of our life and our perception of things. Um, again, especially when it comes to what other people think, what other people say, um, and our fears behind it. It really showed me that all of it was very egotistic and fear-based, and if 
we care too much about what someone says or what someone thinks about us or what other people are doing, we are a slave to that opinion or to whatever the other person is doing. And that really woke me up because I value freedom of thought and, you know, freedom of choice, of course. And so I, you know, didn't like the idea of being a slave to someone else's opinion. And at the end of the day, I I asked myself, like, truly, though, like, so what? You know, sometimes you just have to ask yourself, so fucking what? And move on with your life. And I know that sounds really harsh and kind of direct, but I think you kind of come to a point in life where you look at the grand scheme of things and you ask yourself, is this micro or is this macro? And I choose to focus on the macro moments, which is the larger picture, which is kind of the why behind what we do, why we do it, all of that. And so how what someone thinks of my career choice or my outfit or the fact that I say fuck you know, like too bad, right? It's it's not energy that I'm going to put into. And if I put my energy there, then I am taking it away from making an impact on other people's life or doing something more positive with my energy. And yeah, for that reason, <laughs> I just stopped giving a fuck. So the next really big transformative book, which I already mentioned, is Principles by Ray Dalio. And just to quickly dive into the three lessons I learned from this book, it's one knowing and having values in life i think that's almost mundane to say yet i don't know how conscious all of us are in actually knowing our values and how we apply it into our day-to-day life and even more importantly um, applying them in relationships and work and business which is what ray dalio has done and continues to do in that he applies the same values and he doesn't really separate them in the sense of work-life balance he actually tries to integrate it more which is how I got my mentality in bringing together both my relationships and how I can cultivate some level of work and business opportunities through that um, versus trying to do the whole oh this is my work life and my work friends and work colleagues and these are my real personal life friends and I've always been an advocate for doing both um, if and when possible, especially after how Ray Dalio put it. But then also what he did explain in the book too is to acknowledge pain and adversity and use it to work towards something greater. So in my situation, it was really about working towards a better version of myself. And in other ways, especially in business, it could be about working towards a greater impact from your work or it could be creating greater relationships because you currently struggle in one whatever that may be and so I really um, was able to piece together the concept of what are my principles and what are my values and then a how I utilize it in both my personal and professional life and b how I use it to make decisions so that it's a pretty easy way to make decisions right and if you struggle with making decisions, if you feel like you're always maybe or you're just uncertain on how which way is a better route, for me, I you go back to my values. Like, actually, a great example. Uh, some of you might know this from watching my Instagram stories, but I actually previously shared that I was almost going to be on a reality dating show, a brand new one on NBC, 
and uh, they're filming right now as we speak. Um, I won't really disclose the location or anything like that just because um, I don't really know how much I could be saying this, but pretty much I, uh, you know, the producer reached out to me via Instagram and I did all the castings and stuff and just ultimately I struggled at the time with figuring out if I would want to do this for pretty much two reasons. One, is this show going to even align with you? Because it's the pilot season. This is going to be a brand new show. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Secondly, is being in the public eye in this manner the way I want to really enter the big public eye, right? I mean, we all know reality shows, especially dating shows like The Bachelor and all of that, it has a way of making you... <laughs> well-known and um, I guess famous on social media, but I'm not sure if that was really aligned with me. And then the third one was actually because I was talking to someone um, at the time, which many of my friends were like, oh, Emily, you don't know where that's going to go. It was still really new and fresh. And I, and I admit that, of course, I wasn't using that as any means to say no to the show, but being someone that prefers... Um, monogamous dating and kind of maybe seeing one or two people at most at a time. Um, if I like someone, you know, my, I guess my, my heart and just like my thoughts are there. And, you know, if that doesn't work out, then I move on. Right. But I, that was kind of clouding my ability to see, you know, why I would want to do the show if I'm talking to someone right now that I kind of like and you know it could go somewhere it could not go somewhere who knows but ultimately I uh, made the decision not to do the show just because I asked myself this question I said by doing the show does it align with the character and person you say you want to become and ultimately I could admit to myself that I probably would only want to do the show for the superficial reasons at the time Again, because I was already interested in someone. I don't think I was like energetically wise um, open for, you know, whatever that could bring my way um, outside of the, the noise, if you want to call it like that. Um, I don't know if I was really open to dating and, and finding love or relationship through a show like that. So um, ultimately, I was like, no, it doesn't align with me at all. Um, that's lack of integrity to go on a show for you know, quote unquote, not the right reasons. And therefore, I made the decision not to do it. And I moved to New York instead, which has obviously been a better decision for me, in my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, that's just for me a great example to show you guys how I used my value of integrity to make a difficult decision um, that at least in my mind, I was kind of being pulled both ways like, yes, do it like you never know. But then a big part of me was also like, no, don't do it because then you had to push back your move. You're launching the card game. Um, you'd have to put your businesses on pause. And then um, again, at that time, I was talking to someone. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I like really like this person as well. So yeah, um, definitely if you ever lost, confused, which I've been there many times, just go back to your values. And if you don't know what your values are or the core principles you live by, then now would be the time to start establishing them. The third book that made a really big impact for me during this time was The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And this one, I actually listened on Audible, which I highly recommend. Um, I think it's kind of a longer book. And for me, I was able to process it better and quicker through Audible. And 
I remember I would listen to it on car rides and to and from the skating rink because at the time I was coaching. So it really helped me process it along the way. And so if you're not someone that likes to read heavily, definitely do this one through Audible. But the biggest lesson for me in this book is recognizing that it is better to face the obstacle head on and work through it, hence obstacle is the way, versus ignoring it and prolonging it to be an issue years later, which is kind of what I'm alluding to when I say people in their mid to late 20s or even 30s hitting that mid-life crisis or mid-20s crisis, whatever you want to call it, identity crisis, um, And I was talking about this with a friend the other day in that not many people really do the self-work, you know, and this is not really a critical comment or criticism in any way. It's just that it is really difficult to face yourself and look yourself in the mirror and be like, damn, I've got shit to work on or I'm not that great, you know, but that's almost the paradox in the aspect of when you the moment you recognize it and the moment you recognize you know how long it would take to get over that big mountain that's when you begin the process of working through it and climbing over the mountain right versus some people they kind of just give up once they see how high the mountain is and how long that would take and the amount of effort it would take, and therefore, they take the shortcut and kind of, I guess, live on surface level in a way because they never went through that deeper part. And I was like also telling one of my old coworkers as well um, recently because I was talking him through his dating uh, obstacle, I guess you will. And I was telling him it's funny because from the sounds of it, that girl sounded like someone that had a lot of internal work to do. And I had jokingly said to him, it takes one to know one, right? In that both as someone who has recognized that herself for, you know, myself, it's easy to recognize that in other people when you realize that they're on the brink of needing to work on themselves. But also, even more importantly, there is a deeper connection between people that have both worked on themselves in a profound way that allows them to deepen the connection with themselves but then of course open the door to deeper connections with other people in which for me that has happened and why I created that card game in that aspect because there's a lot and I truly mean a lot a lot a lot of questions from that card game and quite frankly all of them but a lot of them that I use today even on a day-to-day basis or on a monthly or quarterly or six-month basis that I repeatedly use the same questions to ask myself um, in order to push myself on the journey of growth because um, we have different answers to those questions each time we ask or maybe sometimes they're actually the same answers but we needed that reminder we needed that push so yeah ultimately um, the obstacle is the way going through it and working through it will help you long term and that kind of goes hand in hand with the option of short-term decision-making or long-term decision-making. This one isn't a book, but just a philosophy that since that period of life, so around 2017, 2018, 
I started utilizing in my own life, which is Stoicism or Stoic philosophy. And this philosophy really helped me the most in being less reactive and also cultivating internal and inner peace. Because in my mind, Stoicism is really based on this sense of internal meditation and looking at life in more of a neutral lens in that we don't let our thoughts and emotions control us to the point that we create such, you know, bad turmoil like bad reactions and jealousy and um, lying and all of those things, right? An example, when you're driving, someone cuts you off. The way I practice stoicism there is just letting it be instead of getting worked up about someone cutting me off or honking at them, all of that, right? That's where you get really reactive. And if you don't work on that muscle, it can take over your life in even more important parts, right? In your relationships, in your work, in your career. So if in my eyes, if you don't work on that part, it can really hurt you again down the line five to 10 years from today. And since then, I really have applied stoicism in my everyday life and especially also in jealous situations in that I noticed when I got jealous about something as stupid as the double tap, right? Like if a guy that I liked liked another girl's photo, it's like, whoa, hold up, Emily. There's your perception of what it is. And then there's also reality. And reality is a lot more neutral than we allow it to be. It's always our perception and how we think of things that heightens each moment or each, you know, whatever circumstance that could be. So again, for those of you who also know deep down that you have a little bit of insecurity with checking who your guy follows or what photos he likes and all of that, just realize like there is a perception, which is what you think, and then there's reality. And the biggest lesson I've learned from stoicism that I apply every day is learning that most things in life are neutral and not positive or negative. We choose to perceive something as positive or negative. So criticism, for example, some of us might perceive it as negative and some of us might perceive it as positive. And, you know, some of us, if we are really good stoic practitioners, then you might be like, well, that's just neutral. Like, it is what it is kind of mentality. And I think oftentimes when we put too much emphasis on which emotion it exhibits, that's where we can fool ourselves of the perception we have playing in our head. So I have practiced a lot in neutralizing a lot of things, especially when it doesn't matter. So with criticism, I tend to take it in a more positive way in that, hey, it's an opportunity for me to improve and grow and it's not personal. I think that's a big part too I've learned from stoicism. A lot of things are not as personal as we seem, right? Someone doesn't invite us to dinner or someone cancels on us or someone unfollows us. That's a huge one. Oftentimes, it really has nothing to do with you. And I laugh at this one too in that, When you start to think everything is personal to you, that's when you kind of have to ask yourself, are you a little self-centered in the fact that you think everything revolves around you, right? So I look at life in a more positively neutral way, 
right? In that life happens for me, not to me. And at the end of the day, I really do have the conscious choice to choose. And I'm going to choose to just accept it for what it is and focus on the macro and bigger picture. And to kind of end on the stoicism aspect, this is a work in progress. Like I have been working on stoicism and that philosophy for years now, for four and a half years. And so this is not an overnight thing, um, but stoicism is something I encourage on many people because with social media and technology today, it is the most easy to be reactive and to listen to the outside noise and to focus on what other people are doing and to treat everything as a positive or negative thing or black and white. Oftentimes, it's really in the middle and people out there want you to perceive it one way or the other because it works in their favor. So just remember that. The last part I will touch on in how I really worked on myself and how I analyzed myself in a good way is developing new lifelong relationships. And as I mentioned, I really focused on values, but some of the questions I asked myself when I was figuring out whether a certain person was going to fit into my life or was aligned with me was whether they were kind and selfless and acted with integrity. And I would observe this based on actions. Now, some people might argue, wow, that's just so, I don't know, like nitpicky in picking a friend. But you have to be mindful because just like your dating partner, your friends are people you surround yourself with. And and honestly, I kind of put a little bit more weight on the friends in that these people are going to be there for you through thick and thin and especially depending on where you're at in life, there's no guarantee on your romantic relationship, right? I mean, of course, there's always hope for it, but you want to have a strong balance, a yin-yang effect on your relationships with your girlfriends or guy friends, whoever they are, and then also with your romantic partner. You really want to have both. And so as an example, I'll share, you know, I had a new friend that I was vibing with um, the first semester of the first semester at my new university. And actually, ironically, when we first met, uh, we met in this communication class and we both were going through a breakup at the time. And and even though, you know, I got a really good vibe off of her and we were just, you know, um, kicking off really well, I soon realized that we weren't in alignment with values Um not saying this is like a bad or good thing. Again, I'm very like stoic about it, but she one time wanted to skip class and go smoke weed and chill and to each their own. I have truly no judgment about that. Like I genuinely don't, but for me, it was more of, is this person going to be like a long-term friend? You know, is that a habit that you do on your own independently? And the truth is it's not, right? So Knowing that, I was, it made it harder for me to continue to be really close with this person because we just clearly had a dissonance in how we perceived the value of going to class and the time and money and effort spent in that education. And, um, you know, like I said, there's no judgment in that, but you have to recognize those small details and those small moments. And at the time, too, I didn't have that many friends in this early part of my transition but I was willing to in essence say no to short-term friends in order to attract more aligned friends and ultimately people that were more right for my life and so a second example to that was actually 
someone who is now my best friend. Um, but I remember one moment, I think this was senior year of college, but um, and I met her my junior year, but I remember seeing her pick up the trash in the bathroom that didn't make it in the trash bin. I think it was like a paper towel. And she did it for no reason. But I remember instantly going, damn, she is just selfless and kind and does things out of love and, you know, doing it for the greater good, right? Like she doesn't, that was just her instinct. And this is my best friend, Avery. (laughs) But um, just watching her do that just filled me up with so much love because I was like, wow, um, I personally wouldn't have done that just because I'm a germaphobe and so is she. But like, you know, just for her to overlook or I overlook's not the word but just to ignore the germaphobe aspect and just doing kind of one small action that could help you know the cleaning people and and just doing something better to help keep the bathroom a little bit more clean and organized like I just thought that was so thoughtful um and it really helped me stay aligned with the values that I said I wanted to become more of and my best friend Avery is someone that I have watched over time. I wanted to become more like her in that aspect. And um, she has such like a loving energy. And mo- most importantly, one of the most, if not the most supportive friend um, I've ever had, you know, emotionally and, and in all aspects and understands the whole deep story of who I am and what I go through in, in mental obstacles. And just to have her support and give me feedback at all times in the most loving way like it's the most beautiful friendship because um you know like I have kind of alluded to earlier I have people in my family especially like a certain parent that would often say oh you'll that person will never stay your friend because if you share this with them like they don't care about your life like they're gonna hate you more for it and ironically over time I'm like that's so not true because my best friends actually love me more for sharing these uh, stories and and the things that I go through and in fact that's how the strength of my friendship with Avery has been built upon you know so um, I'm so grateful for it and other questions I asked myself when I came across potential lifelong friends this one might seem a little (laughs) funny in a way but I really did ask myself could I see them as a future bridesmaid and that question is relevant not in the bridesmaid aspect but in the question of do you see them with you still in five to ten years right and that kind of helps put a number more on the lifelong aspect right we say lifelong but the ultimate question is do they embody qualities that would you know allow me to trust them and want them to be there at my wedding and and more importantly to be right by my side and Avery and there's definitely other people out there that um, have been in alignment with me for that Um, but then two other questions I added here one of them being am I able to share what's going on in my life without feeling judged by them but rather feeling supported and loved and this question was really important to me because I am a firm believer in that when you put that into your mind and create that energy within you and in your aura that's what you attract because that's who you become and so by being a certain vibration you attract the same vibration and um, that's honestly how I feel like I have manifested some of the relationships I have built and then lastly a big question I asked myself 
will they provide feedback in an objective way to help me be better? And I think this is something that can be overlooked in friendships because we get to a comfort level where we don't want to hurt our friend's feelings, but you have to reframe it in the aspect of, I wouldn't be a good friend if I didn't tell them something that could help them in the long run. And this is something I have shared with all my friends. Like if I ever notice something and in good context, I will try to bring it up in a helpful, empathetic, and uh, objective way to tell them, hey, this is something that you might want to think about or maybe something I've noticed. And of course, I always ask them um, to provide me with some with some feedback and something that, you know, they feel like I could work on, like I said, because what kind of friend am I if I'm aware that you have a trait or a quality that is not so hot and you repeatedly do it, but I care for you, you know, what kind of friend would I be if I didn't tell you that, you know? And it does take maturity on both sides to be able to say something to a friend and then also to receive it in a way where you're like, wow, this person loves me. Um, but, you know, over time, I think the right people, again, it's all about energy, the right people will be receptive to it and the right people will give that to you as well. So it's a give and receive kind of energy and I am so focused on giving and receiving love um, in all aspects of my life and truly, especially in my lifelong friendships. Wow, so that was definitely a lot for me to share and I certainly hope that even if some things were a little bit repetitive or redundant, I hope that something within this episode or some message or some phrase within this episode and this personal story helps you in some way Or maybe this comes at a really good time for you where you're in the midst of that obstacle right now. I remember specific episodes that helped me when I was in the midst of the mental and emotional obstacles. And um, I will always be thankful for those episodes and hearing them and putting them on repeat every time I felt like I was struggling. And I think most importantly, I just want to acknowledge that There is a beauty to struggle and adversity because that is the way to growth in that many of us, including myself, would rather be cruising along a calm wave than to have to face the bigger waves that crash and maybe make you burn a little bit, you know? But those are the moments where we jump back really strong and we have the opportunity to jump back really strong. So, you know, ultimately, um, to kind of conclude my whole story here, it's like, yeah, I went through a breakup and four and a half years ago when I was going through that, it was painful. It didn't really feel that great. But without that, without that person kind of nudging me to be like, hey, Emily, this is not going so well. We, we should end things. Without that, I do not believe I'd be the same person today. And we all hear that all the time. We know these, these moments in life transform us and they, they do something for us in the better. But 
you know, I, I didn't know that it would lead to a podcast and a card game and, and my drive and my passion, my now passion, right? Like figuring out what Emily Elizabeth loves and who I am and what I love to do. I didn't know it was going to be about this mental health and the mental wellness aspect of why you need to develop meaningful relationships and why that's the core of our happiness, right? Like we could be successful. And, you know, at the time I had a business too, right? Elite skatewear and I was doing well. I was only a junior in college, but I didn't have the people. I didn't have that community. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that is so true. I didn't have the right relationships. And um, it's, it's all about finding the right people that align with you and your energy and your philosophy and most importantly, your values. So sometimes that might not be people within your family. Sometimes that might be people outside externally. Your, the friends that you cultivate might become your own family or vice versa. Maybe it's like you've always had a lot of strong friendships and, um, you know, but you realize you have better values with your family because it's like more of a values-based, you know, environment that you grew up in. I don't, I don't really know, right? But the point is, had I not been forced to look in the mirror and see myself struggle and ask myself the questions of why am I struggling, I would not have gone to seek out purposeful and intentional relationships and conversations with people that have the same values and I would not I would not have been as driven or hungry to do so I would have been coasting and cruising along the way um, perhaps maybe more or less okay with the fact that I have friends and you know they're cool but they're not like deep and and so meaningful where I could reach out to them at times of really really dark struggles you know so um, I guess yeah to really conclude it's just that dark moments in life can and will lead you to brighter chapters and sunnier days later on and I'm saying that from experience here speaking about it four and a half years later after all is said and done I've grown so much and I wouldn't take it back. I would not take back the adversity I went through. I would not take back the sad moments sitting in my room, feeling alone, not going to parties. Like I would not take that back. So wherever you are at in life, I hope this resonates with you. And as always, I love being personal and getting to hear your stories and getting to hear what resonates with you the most. So DM me on the Instagram at you check out the card game. It's on whatfulfillsyou.com and the exclusive promotion code if you have listened all the way to the end is whatfulfillsyou10 for 10% off. Everything's on pre-order. I am just so excited for you guys to play this game yourself and feel the impact that it has had on me within your own life as well, especially with fall season around, um, winter coming up, Friendsgiving, holidays, all of that. I'm so, so excited for you guys to play And thank you for your continuous support and love. I appreciate all of you for listening every single week. It does not go unnoticed. And with that being said, enjoy the rest of your week. I will chat with you guys next time.